Welcome to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Nice sunny day again. Though the one thing that I notice is this month has been so much like Mexico in the winter because during the day it's been 72 or a little bit more and then it rains at every night. <laughs> and that's what it did in Mid-Atlantic when I was there one December. Um, so Wayne's on board, and uh, we've got Tim Bennett here today. No longer with uh, Big Brothers and Sisters, but he's with uh, Scouts Canada. Welcome. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for having me. And, and I, I would tend to agree. I can't say I've ever been to Mexico in December, uh, but I am definitely, it definitely has like a early fall feel where it's, it's beautiful during the day yeah. and then dips down to you actually need a, a sweater at night when you yeah. take the dog out. Totally. And I, I mean, I'm wearing a sweater today because I live out west alongside the river and it's like 70 degrees in my house. The furnace even came on today. Oh, it's a little early for that, but. <laughs> yeah, so I keep cool all the time. Now, this is a big jump that you have made from Big Brothers. I was thinking about your process and going to Scouts Canada and you've, you're responsible for what area now are you like everybody else you're up to Yukon down to <laughs> yeah so it, it was it was definitely uh, an exciting slash probably terrifying uh <laughs> jump uh so at the end of at the end of 2022 uh, I I made the decision to leave the Brothers Big Sisters uh, an organization that uh, I'm still incredibly passionate about yeah. but uh, was uh, was there 17 years, uh, seven years doing fundraising and marketing, and 10 as the CEO and executive director. Yeah. Uh, and was very fortunate to join the executive leadership team at Scouts Canada. So uh, my, my portfolio was not necessarily uh, related to serving a region, uh, mm-hmm. but rather uh, I have kind of four departments at the national level that I'm, I'm responsible for in supporting uh, the 20 different kind of geographical regions that we serve across the country. Mm-hmm. So uh, my portfolio is essentially mostly revenue generation. So uh-huh. our retail store, so scoutshop.ca, yeah. which is kind of revamping now after COVID. So kind of pre-COVID, we had uh, a bunch of different scout shops across the country that sold uniforms, badges, camping gear, mm-hmm. all of those amalgamated through COVID now to an online retailer. So we have scoutshop.ca, which uh, is, is one of my portfolios. Uh, the next is fundraising and revenue generation. So how do we raise money through corporate sponsorships through our fundraising uh, to support the 43,000 youth across the country? The next one is not very exciting, but it's our asset strategy. So mm-hmm. Scouts, uh, as you can imagine, owns camps all across Canada. Yeah. Uh, how are we utilizing those camps to you know, best meet the needs of, of youth in 2023? Are camps being used? Where are there opportunities for uh, things like summer camps and, and day camp opportunities? Or where does it make sense to maybe find community partners to better utilize our facilities? Uh, and the fourth is actually probably the most exciting uh, part of my portfolio, which is uh, what internally we refer to as pillar two of our strategic plan. But it's essentially how do we serve Canadians in new ways? Mm-hmm. Uh, so right. kind, of, kind of before we hopped on, we were talking about, you know, Scouts has been around for 100, you know, 100 plus years. Yep. And everybody 
when they think of scouts, probably still thinks about scouts back in the 60s and 70s. Probably, you know, you're, yeah. You know, you're there in uniform, you're out doing good deeds, you're, yep. you're earning Helping badges. Helping the old lady across the road. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, how, and, and scouts is just so much more than that. It's really about, you know, creating adventures and, and you know, talking about important things like environmental sustainability and uh, backcountry adventures and, how do we, how do we get that message and to truly resonate as to you know this is what Scouts is in, in 2023. Uh, we also know that the family dynamics changing. Yes. You know, the idea of going to a meeting for two hours a week every week may not be what fits in a family schedule now. Yeah. Uh, especially as youth get older and they're balancing extracurriculars and school and work and all of the different pressures that a, a pre-adolescent or adolescent youth faces. Uh, so part of my portfolio is I have a team who is actively uh, working to find new ways to reach Canadians. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are getting ready to pilot a whole bunch of kind of unique programming to see what what works, what doesn't, what is it that Canadians are looking for. And, uh, you know, it is, as I said, it's probably the most exciting part of my portfolio yeah, uh, but it's also at times, you know, where I where I kind of felt it was probably one of the the most terrifying parts to get started because yeah. it was essentially, you know, here's a blank slate yeah. and let's start throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what actually sticks. sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think uh, Scout Canada is a very important um, experience. I know that I was in Girl Guides and I was in um, the other part of Scouts that the girls are in, and this is. Um, now for girls and boys, Scouts Canada, and and we always thought of it just for boys. Yeah, so Scouts Canada has been proudly co-ed now for uh, 30 plus years. We, uh, you know, even growing up, I, w- I was quite involved uh, here as a, a cub and scout, and, uh, you know, I think, and this is sometimes not often something you hear about Prince George, but I think, you know, we were uh, we were quite progressive back uh, then being one of, you know, one of a few groups who were kind of co-ed before things officially became co-ed. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, it is it is great to see, you know, the diversity of, of our youth and our adult members in, in the organization. And it's, but again, if you look even down at the States, right, they still have Boy Scouts of America. They have Boy Scouts of America. Yep. They have Girl Scouts of America. And they have Girl Guides. Yes. So, you know, even even though we've been co-ed for many years, there's still uh, some people are, are definitely still surprised when when they hear that. Uh, as well, I think you know we need to we need to do a, a better job telling our story as well about uh, you know the many faces that are involved in in scouting. Yeah, and um, so has has Girl Guides moved in with Scouts, or are they still? A separate entity. No, Girl Guides is still a, a thriving organization uh, in Canada as well, and yeah. uh, they are. You know, I know we have a, quite a vibrant Girl Guide community here in Prince yeah, George. Probably do. a probably a more vibrant uh, organization locally than than Scouts is right now. We yes. have a we have a really active Scout group who is doing great things. I had an opportunity to go visit them at Westlake a couple weeks back and yeah. uh, had a great time with the with a third Prince George. Um, but 
scouting does look different in, in Prince George than it did even when I was a youth member back, you know, back in the you know '90s and early 2000s. There were there were many many groups uh, across the city who, you know, you you could be part of the first or the the 22nd or the third yeah. or the 16th. And over the years, groups have amalgamated. And I think I think scouting, like any nonprofit, has definitely seen its challenges over. Oh, over the yeah. last few years where we're, we're seeing, uh, I think in the nonprofit sector in general, a decrease in volunteerism, yeah. decrease in uh, individual and corporate donations, yeah. and a, a decrease in the ability to uh, recruit, recruit youth. Yeah. Uh, again, I think the average youth right now, uh, it's not uncommon for them to you know, wake up in the morning, have breakfast, go to before school care, yep. go to school for the day, go to after school care, and be on the go from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and then maybe have extracurricular on top of that. So, you know, it's a, it's an issue, you know, we saw at Big Brothers Big Sisters, it's an issue that, uh, you know, we're, is not unique to, you know, one organization. And, yeah. and I think, you know, I know where our paths crossed, uh, more recently was with the, the summer games that were here in Prince yeah. George. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you probably better than anybody know the challenges of, of even recruiting volunteers oh, yeah. for the games. And we yeah. have such an amazing community, but people just don't have the time to donate or to donate to a cause that they did even five years ago. Well, the cost of living has gone up so much that um, people have to, maybe moms have to get part-time jobs. And uh, and a lot of couples are both working, and that's where daycare comes in. Um, and then there's another part of a family that sort of has gone missing, and and that would be um, like there's a difference between um, religion and and uh, spirituality. And one of the things I noticed in the the scout thing was spirituality. And but I think that's really an important part of our upbringing is to have that um, knowledge of spirituality and that. And the other thing I like about what I've read on the website, and I wish people would go on and have a look because it would be really worth volunteering uh, for Scouts, is your programs and what you know. How many people have a um, a cottage anymore? And so Scouts has got their their um, their places for kids to learn how to canoe, how to swim, how to life save, how to... And the health part of your program is so important um, because I was thinking about, um, about being a healthy person. And how do you learn that if everybody's busy and they come home at night and they're exhausted? Yeah. And where's the grandparents anymore? And, you know, because they were part of my upbringing. And that doesn't. People have to go where the work is now, or where they can afford to live. And so sometimes they don't have the extended family. Well, and we're seeing we're seeing more and more families as well who are perhaps parents are needing to work yep. two jobs, yep. or uh, you know, nece- or you know, retirement is not necessarily happening at as early as it was. That's you know, right. Even ten years ago, it's yep. it's not uncommon to see people working you know, well into their late 60s, early 70s, yeah. um, because that's just the reality of what they need to do to uh, be able to, to kind of afford 
to live the lifestyle that they that they may want to live. Yeah, I think as well when we look at you know all kind of all of our programs, one of the things that really and and we actually you know we kind of we kind of celebrated it earlier this year. One of the things that I I really admire about the work that Scouts has done and which which drew me to the organization is really what they're doing around youth empowerment. So you yeah. know we we kind of heavily promoted you know you know say yes day earlier this year, but and that was really to highlight the the work of Scouts in terms of uh, empowering youth and the role of the leaders in really you know saying yes and so you know if scouts want to you know if our youth members want to find a way to do um you know they they want to go white water rafting yeah. of course you know that could be considered a high risk activity yeah but then let's figure out what let's figure out a way that they can either do that or do that in a modified way yeah and encourage them to put in the time and effort to to plan their programming to design what they want to look like and a lot of times then, if it is an unsafe activity, they will kind of come to that conclusion on their own. Yeah. At a at a younger level, it's the same thing we're empowering our beavers to do between the ages of five and seven. Is, right. You know, sometimes they have some really, you know, crazy ideas. <laughs> yeah. And let's figure out a way to actually make those crazy, rea- crazy ideas into, uh, you know, something that is going to design great programming mm-hmm. and actually can turn their crazy ideas into reality. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it is, I think, one of the, the great things, and we have a we have a leadership model within the organization. Uh, we we refer to it as our key three model, but it's also to ensure that then youth are actively involved in the leadership of the decision. So it's it's not a, you know, it's a, we want to make sure that you know it's nothing about them without them. So like right. e- even our CEO has, you know, he's part of what what we call the national key three. So we have our CEO, which is our staff member. Yeah. We then have a deputy national commissioner for youth and a deputy national commissioner who is a volunteer. Uh-huh. And the three of them have a shared decision model. So if a CEO is making a decision, he's consulting both the representative of the youth and the representative of our volunteers. Okay. And, and that way, then, we're making sure that we're making the decisions that are best uh, for the organization as a whole. So, you know, again... Sometimes not all the decisions made at the national level are popular. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and now being, you know, on the national team myself, uh, I, I can attest that I'm not always the most popular. But it is, it is ensuring that the decisions that are being made uh, have both youth and volunteer input included in that so that we are truly making the best decisions possible. And while we're talking, I'm thinking about my youth and my grandfather and what he taught all of us. There were 13 of us at, at just a year apart, kind of, and then became more and more and more. But we were taught safety, water safety, and we couldn't we couldn't be alone together without having our bronze medallion. And we all had to get our first aid, and uh, and we did. I saved my sister and my brother saved my cousin. And I think, as I think about scouts, I think of it <coughs> as maybe a grandfather, and because our grandmother taught us um, about the woods and about mushrooms and uh, springs and so. And I'm thinking the scouts could play that part as the grandparent that isn't available right now to teach those survival skills. That's what 
we were taught survival skills. And, and, and when I see your, the um, eight elements, that's pretty interesting. Do you want to just na- do you want me to name them off, or do yeah, you I, have I, it in your he- do you have it in your head? I, I have some of it in my head, but why don't we? Why don't <laughs> we've got? Well, and I, yeah, I mean, I think I think if we look at if kind of the the eight elements that all of our programs are, are based on, and you know, again, if I think about the lessons that Scouts taught me growing up, because yep. I was. I was actively involved as a as a cub and a scout and a youth commissioner, uh, and then became a, a beaver and scout leader. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, I think if we look at you know the eight elements, we we refer to it internally as a Canadian path. Right. Which is again some of that is built into, um, you know what we refer to as the scout method. So plan, do, review. So when we have an activity, right. you plan yeah. it, you execute it, you review it. How do you how do, what did you learn? Right, um, and that's good. Yeah, which is which is great, right? Yeah. That's that's something that, again, even back in the day, mm-hmm. it wasn't. We didn't have a fancy name for it, but no. it was essentially um, learn from your lesson. Learn your be, lessons. Yeah, yeah. Be prepared. So yes. think about what think about what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Then do it, and yeah. then what lessons did you learn from it? That's right. And even you know, again, not that it's necessarily part of our plan, but when we, you know, it goes back to that importance of failure, right? Like yep. things, people think that failure is such a negative yeah, word. Yeah, exactly. But at the end of the day, the failure is actually that that review portion: what worked, what didn't, and how do we make sure that what didn't work doesn't happen again. Yeah, there's no such thing as failure as long as you're not doing it over and over and never, you know, you learn from it. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think another another key element of that is the, the learning by the learning by doing, right? Yes, it's experiential. Yeah. That, that experiential learning. And I think I think you're seeing that even transition now into the education system mm-hmm. where it is really about the idea of you know, I, I I was I was recently at a conference and I referred to it as park and bark and I know that's probably not the right <laughs> way to do it, uh-huh. but you know that idea of you're sitting there you're listening and you're expected to absorb it all. Yeah. Um. That's that's just not how people are naturally no. wanting to learn. No. So you know the idea of getting your hands dirty, learning the learning the skills, uh, and again going back to kind of that that old cliche of practice makes perfect yeah um you're there and you're learning by actually doing what doing what it is that you're um what you're what you're you're learning what you're trying to to do by actually getting your hands dirty yeah we have to take a short break and we'll be back with tim in a confused and broken world truth hope and light are found in the gospel the good news of jesus christ the king of kings and lord of lords join us sundays at 7 p.m as we host pastor chris gordon of abounding grace radio pastor gordon preaches from all of the scriptures with a special focus on how they testify about jesus brought to you by prince george canadian reformed church don't miss abounding grace radio sunday evenings at 7 here on 93.1 cfis fm there's still one more night market scheduled for this summer at Studio 2880, set for Thursday, August 17th. It's a great evening out for the whole family as you get to check out some unique makers, grab a bite to eat at the food trucks, and just enjoy strolling the grounds of Studio 2880. Vendor registration and more details are available under programs at studio2880.com. Studio 2880 Summer Night Market. 
Thursday, August 17th from 5 to 8 at Studio 2880. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, a mix of sun and cloud, a 30% chance of showers this afternoon and evening with the risk of a thunderstorm, a high of 21 with the high UV index. Tonight, partly cloudy, a 70% chance of showers overnight with the risk of a thunderstorm, a low of 9. On Wednesday, mainly cloudy with the risk of a thunderstorm, a 40% chance of showers in the morning, a few showers in the afternoon, and a high of 19. You're listening to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. We're back with Tim Bennett with Scouts Canada. We were talking about the Canadian path and youth leadership and uh, the impact on youth. And, and youth goes from 5 to 26, I think. Well, I mean, the, not youth. Well, we, children we, and youth. We, we define youth as 5 to 26 as, yeah, as okay. part of Scouts. So uh, you, can, uh, you can get involved as a beaver starting at age 5. Yeah. Uh, and then you can finish up the rover program uh, at age 26. By, by the time most get to rovers, it's a combination of kind of, you know, rovers. A lot of them also become volunteers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, you can be, you can be a, a youth member right through till 26. Uh-huh. Uh, and if we look at what's happening in some of the other uh, scouting organizations across the world, uh, UK, of course, being probably the, the biggest one, yeah. they actually also have a, a program kind of for kids younger than beavers so they call oh. it uh they call it squirrels <laughs> uh and <laughs> yeah and uh so they run squirrels is for ages four and five oh. and then they run beavers for ages six and seven and yeah. and part of that rationale too is developmentally uh there's a lot there's a there's a big difference between five-year-olds yeah. and seven-year-olds oh yes um you know, I have a I have a five year old at home, and yeah. it's uh, you know it's a good reminder of the challenges of and and how tough life can be for a five year old at times. I'm <laughs> I'm reminded of that on a regular basis. Uh, but you know, it is how do we how do we make sure we're designing programs that are best meeting the developmental needs of our of our youth. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is a model that is done in the UK. I think also if you look at uh, again, I look at some of the models. Uh, my my kids are going through the Montessori program here. Oh, are they? Uh, That's wonderful. Yeah. And you know, traditionally, and again, it's you know, locally, the Montessori program has had to be adapted to the public education system here in BC. Yeah. But traditionally, Montessori groups youth by cohorts, and again, they do a they do a four five program, and then it's the next grade is six seven eight, and then so it's you know preschool, kindergarten in one class, grade one, two, three in another, grades four, five, six in another, and then seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Uh, so again, I think, you know, it, it has kind of been recognized that that developmental, the jumps that they make between even five and six, mm-hmm. um, you know, there, there are things that could be better done to support the younger kids. So, um, Squirrels. It's, I think that's going to be neat. Right. It's so British, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. It's, <laughs> it's uh, and I can only, I can, again, being uh, my wife's a kindergarten teacher, and I, <laughs> I am just like, how I don't know how you can control a room of eighteen to twenty. Oh my lord! Five year, four yeah. and five year olds yeah. who are trying to self-regulate and <laughs> I just every day I just admire what, what she does because yeah. I, I could never do it now I've read something about Camp Astic Camp Astic a phone number 
<laughs> yeah, so that was that was something that we have a, we have an incredibly creative public relations and marketing team at the national office. And they created, so through COVID, uh, there was a, and again, it was kind of done in jest at first. There was a, <laughs> there was a study done because more and more people were wanting to experience camping yep. as through COVID because it was something that they could actually do. Yeah. It's like golf. Golf saw this huge spike through COVID because it was something that was open and yeah. you were allowed to do. Yeah. And you were allowed to do it with people. Yeah. Uh, so camping was camping became the same. Yeah. Uh, more and more people were, were going camping for the first time. Yeah. But then we also discovered that people were going camping and didn't really know what they were doing. That's right. So, you know, didn't think about things like wildlife, didn't think about, you know, things like, oh, we actually have to like know how to start a fire. Yeah. And then not only how to start a fire, I think, I think we all are, we all have fire safety on the mind right now, especially yeah. with what's happening in BC. Uh, but how do you then make sure your campfire is safe? That's right. How, so, how do you put it out and make sure it's out? Yeah. So we had a group of uh, our senior youth and our volunteers Mm-hmm. who basically have put together this hotline yeah. with uh, vi- just, you know, kind of the most common questions that people ask when they're going camping for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, are ava- you know, they've, they've now created this uh, 1-800 number where people can call. And uh, it's a series of recordings of some of the most common FAQs. Yeah. Uh, but Do again, not just start a fire with gasoline. Don't start a fire with gasoline. <laughs> You know, you lose your eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, and I, and you know, don't, uh, you know, don't leave your uh, hamburgers and hot dogs out on the picnic table no, overnight. No. <laughs> uh, but you know, there are, there are simple things too that, you know, and I, I still think probably one of the one of the lessons and and it was one of those things that like I never really thought about growing up. Yeah. But it was like I had a scout leader who drilled this into my head uh-huh. every night. Yeah. And it's still the one lesson I kind of take from my camping is even if you feel that your socks aren't wet. Yeah. They're still wet. Yeah. Your feet sweat. Yeah. So if you don't change your socks before you go to bed. Yeah. You're going to get cold in the middle of the night. Yeah. So every night That's I go. An army and, thing. and I yeah. change my socks before I go to bed when yeah. I'm camping. Yeah. And. And again, as an 11 or 12 year old, I was like, my socks are, I, you know, I have good boots. My socks aren't wet. And then I complained <laughs> in the middle of the night. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, our, our leaders, you know, and, and our youth are, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. So yeah. this is an opportunity for them to share their knowledge. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, it, it kind of came out of jest a little bit because it was like. Well, um, it's the, it's the name camp. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So no, we have, a, as I said, we have a really creative, a really creative marketing team who uh, took this idea and ran with it. It was one eight four four Scout one oh one is the number. Yeah. And so those people who want to have a few tips, like not starting a fire with gasoline because you blow off your eyebrows and maybe your eyelashes and uh, maybe your hair. <laughs> I've seen it happen actually. I learned that from uh, my cousin doing it, how stupid that was. And about leaving food out, because the bears will 
they've got great noses. That's yeah. how they survive. So it's one eight four four Scout one o one. Now, how do people apply to uh, volunteer, and how would someone want to join? I know that they can go on the website and put their name in. Do you have a waiting list? Yeah. So th that is that is dependent on the community. So some communities have a lot uh, a lot bigger of a waiting list than others, uh, because again, we are. We are a lot of the times really restricted by the number of volunteers we have. So again, I would just I would encourage you to uh, visit www.scouts.ca. There's information. Uh, if you type in your postal code, it will bring you to information about the Third Prince George, which is our local group here. Right. Uh, they are a great group of leaders running that group, so uh, they'll be able to answer all your questions and, and get you signed up and. Uh, if not, I'm always happy to, to chat as well and get you connected with the right person. Great. Uh, and my information and everything's on the Scout website as well. Well, I think that Scouts Canada is one of the most important um, services that we can offer youth and uh, teach them. And if you're both working, see if your kids want to join. Yeah. Thanks for your time, Tim. I know you're really busy. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me on today. <laughs> right. We'll take a break and be back in a minute. Carlson Pottery is offering a summer teen pottery class and more. Check out the full line of pottery learning opportunities on the classes page at carlsonpottery.com. Workshops, adult classes, date night, and classes for children are also available for registration to learn how to be creative with pottery clay. Scheduled through the end of August, a summer teen pottery class and more available from Carlson Pottery. Find your class and register today at carlsonpottery.com. The Alzheimer's Society of BC has social programs for people living with early-stage dementia and caregivers. Coffee and Chat is designed to help you meet new people, engage in social activities, and have fun. Full details are available online at alzbc.org slash coffee-chat. Coffee and Chat, every second Thursday from 11 to noon. Register by calling the First Link Dementia Helpline at 1-800-936-6033. Learn how to paint your very own miniature figure this Thursday at Two Rivers Gallery. Miniature painters, tabletop gamers, and people of all ages are encouraged to join Midvintner Minis to discover this fun hobby. The $15 fee gets you a miniature to paint and the use of a wide variety of paints and brushes. Miniature Painting Night with Midvintner Minis. Thursday evening from 5 to 9 at Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in Canada Games Plaza. You're listening to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And we're back. And today we have the Storyville Group Acting Studio. And we have James Douglas, who founded Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of. I, I'll, go, I'll go into that in a moment, yes. <laughs> and we have J.P. Winslow. And welcome, gentlemen. Well, thank you very much. And Thanks. I understand that you uh, just finished your year. Um, we're, we're still finishing up our year. So how it worked is uh, Story Institute was a school that was founded in Vancouver by an actor named Michael Coleman, right. who most people will know as Happy the Dwarf on Once Upon a Time, the yeah. ABC show. Yeah. But he's done a lot of, uh, a variety of various voice roles and, and other acting roles within the Vancouver realm. Um, but because uh, Michael and I had done a number of films together, including one with J.P. Winslow, uh, where we, we did The Doctor's Case, which was a Sherlock Holmes story that was written by Stephen King. 
Um, we, we started wanting to bring more productions to the north and to Prince George in particular and realized that the best way to, to entice other companies to come here was if there was a training opportunity for people in the north who were interested not only in, in you know, bettering themselves as actors uh, and, and filmmakers, but um, being given the skills to be able to do that right here in their home community. So because my, of the, our affiliation with Michael's school, we decided uh, in partnership with COPAR administration to start Story Institute Prince George. And we opened at the end of September of 2022. We graduated a six-month diploma program called the Professional Actor at the end of March, 15 full-time students. Wow. Um, and then 11 of those students joined us for a second term, which is called the Working Actor, and that's when we actually teach them all about um, you know, producing their own work. So while they're waiting to, to audition for something or while they're waiting for the callback from their audition, that, that they can use the skills that they've learned as professional actors to, to create their own work and in, in that way also you know, bring in some money for themselves. Yeah. Um, so that is, they, this crew will graduate uh, just at the end of September uh, before wow. we turn around and start the professional actor program once again. I think it's pretty exciting that we have this in Prince George. Yeah, the only part that I, that I don't like about what's happening in Prince George is that it's growing. Like, I need to move away. <laughs> because when I was here, when this started, it was a very small community with the university. And now we're, you know, expanding to having an actor studio here. That's pretty impressive, I think. Well, you know, and it is the first professional film and television acting studio in the North ever. Yeah. So we've been very we've been very happy about that, and it is because the population is growing, and there is a large group of people here who have the desire to to experience this kind of thing, and and use their talents. Mm -hmm. um, but there just hasn't really been anything other than I mean you know the closest the closest real sort of post secondary acting training is in Kamloops. Yeah. Um, and then you'd have to go to Vancouver if you want to do anything in film and television. So it's and been really great. To you've be able got to be your here. training uh, through. Victoria University. I did go to the University of Victoria for a couple of years in the acting program, and then I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there. I just think that you just get in front of the camera and act. Mm. You know? Well, yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> guess there are, there are those that have done that. Maybe. Um, you know, I, I think. But generally, um, if I may jump in, yeah, yeah. you know, this is the thing. There are, there are, there are skills you learn. There yeah. are skills you need to learn. Uh, there's techniques. It, it, it's a, I look at it, acting and writing and filmmaking for that matter, but acting in particular, as a, it isn't a trade as in the traditional sense, but it, it's a craft. It, and, and I think that any craft, if you want to learn to be a carpenter, you've got to know how to use a, yes. a saw. You yeah. know, you have to get the tools. Yes. Uh, yeah. Most of the tools an actor has are tools that they, it's them. Yes. But, you know, the experience you gain both in real life and then in classes and through your peers and then mentors and teachers, these are the things that develop those tools and how to communicate in different ways. Language is part of it. Just the way you look at someone, yeah. you know, uh, uh, an expression. Yeah. Um, these are things that some actors really put a lot of time into. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of focus. And particularly if you're playing roles that are true life characters, you know, I think being able to really analyze behavior yeah. is a big part of it. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, I mean, it, again, it's not a creepy thing. You, I, I watch people. I watch the way people move. I listen to the way people speak. Um, again, so you develop those skills. Voices. I mean, there's a, there's a million possible voices 
that the human voice can make. You can learn to make voices if you've never done it. Well, Mel Blanc, I think, well, is exactly. probably one of the most... I mean, I'm still watching oh, Looney Tunes with oh, my daughter, no, right? You, you can't. It. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And, you know, I, when I was teaching here in the, in the winter, I was teaching voice acting. And one of the things we talked about a lot was... Looney Tunes and Mel Blanc. And in fact, even in the program we're doing now, The Working Actor, we're working on, you know, we've been working on sketches, we're working on creating material. I brought Looney Tunes in as an example of of voices, timing, and pure silliness. Yeah. It's okay to be silly. Yeah. And we're watching Looney Tunes since, what, the 1930s? Yes. Um, So again, but, you know, again, these are things some, some younger people... They may not be aware. I mean, everyone's aware of Looney Tunes, I suppose. But no. we, you know, you're bringing bringing your own experience, yeah. and that's the great thing about this program. We have the opportunity to we have a curriculum, but we can we can use our own experiences as well, and the things that inspire us, and bring those to people who are, are younger in general. And uh, that's a really good feeling. I, 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 I wanted yeah. to ask about you were talking about um, being silly. I mean, there's there's this line sometimes a wall of of being reserved. <laughs> to being silly, and that a lot of people can't cross that line. Yeah, it's hard. And, I, you know, in my experience, I did a little bit of acting when I was younger. It's to understand your body. How many times has somebody said, well, what's that look on your face? And it's like, well, I'm surprised. It's like, right. well, no, you look constipated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. you actually yeah, really got to right. work on you that. You do have to work on it. Right? This is the thing. You don't want to look constipated in a scene where you should look surprised or, or you know, it's a love scene and you look constipated. Exactly. Now, you the, just, you know, you just turned the drama into a comedy. That could be good. Yeah. But, you know, again, you're, that's exactly it. What is the line? How do you discover those things? How do you loosen up? And then how do you bring it back? Where, how do you develop timing? Yeah. I mean, these are th- some people have natural a natural knack for things. Sure. There's no yeah. question. Yeah. But it's amazing to watch people who don't necessarily have that, and then you start to see it happen. And we see, I see this on a daily basis. You see someone make That's this sort of, I hey? guess a lot of in the acting field, you know, you call those sort of breakthroughs. I suppose yeah. where you mm-hmm. have those moments where, oh. I get it. <laughs> Click, right? And, and you go from there. So yeah. th- this is, and this is what we're doing. And part of it is actually being silly. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's so a pretty lucky fun. thing to be able to do as an instructor. Let's be silly, you know? Well, Absolutely. think of Charlie Chaplin. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, silent movies. And, and when I was doing a group with women, um, older women, I brought in uh, that movie. It was, it was about the North. And oh, was, oh, the Gold Rush. The Gold yeah, Rush. The yeah. Gold Rush. Yeah. And we were all on the floor laughing. Oh, yeah. And all it was yeah. was the music. The music was very important part of, of the, you know, because when the bear was coming into the, yeah. And he generally wrote his own music. Oh, did he really? He played violin as well. I think he may have even played on some of his own scores. I don't know if he ever credited himself for that. But he did compose much of his own music for his films. Yeah. I'm not sure about that one. Yeah. many, many films. Yeah. We have to take a short break and then we'll be back. The CNIB Wheels of Fortune Car Raffle and 50-50 draw are underway. You could win a totally refurbished 1964 Mercury Comet Caliente. All proceeds support CNIB programs in B.C. Tickets for both the Car Raffle and 50-50 draw are available at cnib.rafflenexus.com. Grand prize draws will be made August 8th. The CNIB Wheels of Fortune Car Raffle and 50-50 draw. BC Gaming License Numbers 139745 and 139102. Purchase your tickets by August 7th. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, a mix of sun and cloud with a 30% chance of showers and the risk of a thunderstorm, a high of 21 with a high UV index. 
tonight, partly cloudy, a 70% chance of showers overnight with the risk of a thunderstorm, a low of 9. On Wednesday, mainly cloudy with the risk of a thunderstorm, a 40% chance of showers in the morning, a few showers in the afternoon with a high of 19. This is Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Back and we're talking about acting. And since you have moved into this building and I've managed to meet you and some of the actors, I've started watching commercials oh, yes. a little more because I think that's where some of you can get a start. It's true. And, and you watch them and see how stupid. <laughs> and how can you hire someone who can't sell you something? <laughs> it, yeah, that can be very difficult, and that's one of the things that we go over. Um, you know, in our in our voiceover class, for example, we we talk a lot about radio advertising. Yeah. And the the various uh, various points of selling, like there's you know there's nine different. Uh, ways that you can use your voice and and use a repetition or or a, a combination of words to create an environment within the audio sphere that makes people want to buy things. Yeah. Um, so it it gives our students a really good opportunity to then go out and listen to radio commercials and see them on TV as well yeah. and sort of see exactly what it is that they might need to do in an audition in order to land the gig so that they can then go and sell something for somebody and what not to do. And what not to do. Yeah, if it turns you off, you know that that's not going to be very good. No, exactly. And and so if um, you got, I was reading your, uh, I was on the website, and it's really quite interesting, because I've never looked at acting, you know, I'm, I've been a, in the non-profit industry, <laughs> but then I guess I do a lot of acting mm -hmm. um, to try to sell an idea of changing and and so my job was to get people to want to change and so how do how do you develop that so that's a form it is a form yeah i mean again if if you can a lot of people I'm, i mean we know even people we think are outgoing if you put them in front of yeah. a group of people if you put them in front of 100 people staring at them they don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, yeah it yeah. gets really hard. And it's not always a shyness that you would see in the person one-on-one, -on -one, but the minute that group is there, or the minute you think someone's listening, like <laughs> like today on the radio, well, there's thousands of people listening. Some people get, oh, oh, you know. So again, these are things that, as a group in particular in this class, you know, there, oh. are, there are, you know, people have different levels of... of um, uh, fear, I think. Well, fear. And, and even actors have it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And some people have terrible stage fright. Yeah. Or get really nervous before they go in front of a camera. Yeah. Uh, I know people who are quite successful who have these, they really still feel it. But because they've gone through training and because they have experience, they can, they can step beyond that. Yeah. Right? And you, you can learn to step beyond those things. And yeah. playing roles, uh, doing improv is a big thing that we do. We are yeah. developing much of the work that the students are making themselves, most of it is coming out of improvisation. And that that's not just the comedy. The dramatic pieces that we're working on as well come from just creating something on the spot and then growing it. Yeah. But you got, you know, learning to get up and just go. Yeah. And break through. It's similar. Like, how do you... Yeah. How do you do that? And these, these, these are the things we're doing, you know? Well, and I felt uh, that fear because yeah. I had to... I, I was president of a provincial organization, and it was so I went and took some um, talk uh, speaking uh, 
And the first time I got up to speak in front of a group, which was the group I was with, I yeah. broke down and cried. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It can be very terrifying for yeah. a lot of people. And, yeah. that's, and that's one of the great things about the, the, the instruction that we do, I mean, not only in our full-time courses, which are accredited post-secondary um, courses, like full-time courses, but we do part-time courses on the weekends and the evenings as well. And a lot of the students that we, that we get aren't necessarily thinking at this stage that they want to become professional actors, yep. but they want to open themselves up in a way and, and be able to go into a public scenario and talk to people or go into a job interview yes. and talk to people in a way that they, they've been nervous to do before. And mm -hmm. they realize that by learning these, these very basic skills, mm -hmm. it's just going to open themselves up to so many other possibilities. Yeah. What's the worst thing that can happen, you know, and and to take the, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Which is what an actor has to do every single day. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's exactly and I, I saw um, a program on TV that was, it, at the end it said the Story Institute, and I didn't know the beginning of it. I just sort of flicked it over. It, it seems to me it was black and white. and um, But it was a very interesting kind of a, uh, it wouldn't be an acting thing. It was uh, um, an information, like a W-5 kind of a oh. program. Mm, okay. But uh, I thought, oh, this is really good. You know, oh. and I'm darned I wish I could have written it down so I could <laughs> tell you what the name of it was. But it was a very interesting program. Um, but it said Storyville Productions, I think. Is, do, is, that, did that, they have that after it? Um, well, it, Story Institute, there have, there have been a number of different um, uh, media opportunities that we've had to yeah, talk about Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, but we also do, because you know we are primarily film and television-based, uh, voiceovers as well, so we do a lot of recording of things with our students, and we give them opportunities to write, direct, produce their own work that they star nice. in. And very recently, um, we've done a whole series of short films uh, as the graduating project for the professional actor in March, um, as well as uh, uh, we did a whole series at the beginning of this, the working actor, of 15-second horror films, oh. um, where everyone basically, from beginning to end, it had to be only 15 seconds long. They had to develop their own little kernel <laughs> of an idea and then take it from story right through to uh, edited production. Uh -huh. And we have had those broadcast in a variety of places. Okay. They, they premiered at Northern FanCon, actually, here in May right. in Prince George. Yeah. Uh, but they have... They have uh, been broadcast in either in other things, so you may you might have seen something yeah. like one of those short films. And so you guys were involved in Barkville, uh, doing uh, live theater. Yes, uh, JP and I have both worked uh, in Barkville over the past twenty odd years. Wow! Um, yeah. yeah, I'm still working there. So Are I, you? I'm I'm doing I do the Theater Royal uh, um, Variety Music Musical. Yeah, and the Early Justice Program. Uh huh. And some early Gold Rush stories as well, called Amazing Tales from the Golden Trail. Yeah. And uh, I play a magistrate named Chartres Brew. So <laughs> if you come to Barkerville on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, those are the days I work this year, um, you can look for Chartres Brew. You know, it's so much fun to go to the, the, the Royal Theater in Barkerville. It's uh, if if you've ever gone to theater back in the day. And you still got it going. I mean, I I was in Toronto and I would be at uh, um, pr um, what's the name of that theater? It was a small theater uh, named after a queen, Alexandria 
Mm. Uh, oh. I, and uh, it was very intimate, mm -hmm. and it was really nice. And then when I went to Barkerville, it had that same feel to yeah. it, you know, that you you were so close to the stage, and yes. it's very intimate. It's yes. very and much it, and fun. It, and the feel, everything is there, the building, yeah. uh, the, the style, yeah. all of it lent. The environment is such a big part of what you're experiencing. Once the, it, long before the show starts, I remember yeah. walking into the Theatre Royal the first time 20-odd years ago, <laughs> as it turns out, yeah. And uh, I, it's one of my favorite theatres. And, you know, there's several in my mind that I've worked in over the years that stick. And that one, even if I stop working there tomorrow, um, it's you'll never... I can't not see the image no. of that arch and the shape of the building and the wood yeah. and the sound. The it sounds yeah. great. It just yeah. sounds good in there. Yeah, you know? it does. Yeah. 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 And the... Um, and when I was at the show, I c it, they were including us, mm -hmm. and we were boo, yay, <laughs> boo, yeah. It was so much yeah, interactive. Fun. Yeah, uh, you know, we're doing again. We're doing we're doing that in the live portion of uh, of the working actor program. That's part of what we're trying to develop as well. That's an, that's an entire style of of uh, of performance. It, yeah. you know, it's interactive, comedic. <laughs> Yeah, um, and it's it's kind of old school, you know. It is. It's that it's that vaudeville yep. type of thing. Mm -hmm. yep. um, I don't. I think there's still room for that in society. Oh, I and do. I, you know, I think, and people like it. And it's funny because even the actors and performers who haven't experienced those doing those types of performances, once you start to do it, and you get a taste for that interactive, you'll really see people start to. I, we were seeing it just the other day in some stuff we were rehearsing. You know, suddenly someone who's usually pretty reserved, you know, we've been working on this, you know, you know when, when people are here, you got to use it. And now you see him doing it. And now he's doing it a little more, a little more. Like, oh, you're, yeah, now you're getting into this, right? So, you know, we, ha you know, we have many, there's many layers here. We mm -hmm. are very modern. We're very tech-oriented. But we're also, we're also bringing... Uh, traditional, very traditional styles, I yeah. think, uh, um, to to the program. And, and watching uh, the students take to all of it. And that's really what's great about it. It's a huge range. Yeah, you know? yeah. And they can spread their wings more. Uh, right. We have to take another short break and then we'll be back. The Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity and Recreation Council is hiring. Currently, iSpark has openings for a Provincial Coordinator of Physical Activity, Training and Development, a Program Coordinator, and a Senior Manager of Communications. Full details for the available positions can be found through the Job Opportunities page at iSpark.ca. Applications for Program Coordinator and Senior Manager of Communications will be accepted until the position is filled. The application deadline for Provincial Coordinator of Physical Activity, Training and Development is August 11th. The Exploration Place is home to a new exhibit, World War Women, on through September 3rd. Developed by the Canadian War Museum, this special exhibition highlights the contributions of Canadian women in both world wars. Divided into four thematic zones, World War Women uses artifacts, images, audiovisuals, and archival materials to delve in the personal stories of Canadian women during World War I and II. World War Women, on through September 3rd at the Exploration Place, making history together. You're listening to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Hi, we're back with James Douglas and J.P. Winslow from Story Institute Acting School, and we've been having fun talking about live theater and uh, uh, acting school, and you just heard 
one of the students <laughs> yes. doing that last little bit, and uh, and very well yeah. as well. Yeah, you know. Lydia's fantastic. Yeah. Lydia Free is her name, and uh, she's been doing some work with CFIS, and it's great to hear her on the radio. Yeah, it is. And so, how many students have you got right now? We have fifteen. We, well, we had we graduated fifteen in March, and we have twelve in the working actor program right now. That's nice. Yeah, and a then nice we number. we have another set of a dozen coming in. Uh, we still have some slots open and available for the end of September, w which we start and on the the next six month program, uh, which will go from September through till March. The professional actor. Um, so if anybody's interested, storyinstitute.ca slash PG will give you all of the uh, information about the PG Yeah, campus. and go on the website and have a look at what, what uh, because there's different programs that offer you, like, after you graduate, you still can be connected. Oh, 100%. And that's one of the things that we really love about Story Institute and uh, the sort of model that Michael created in Vancouver, which is unlike a, a number of post-secondary educational institutions, we basically, once you've come through the program, you're a member of Story Institute for the rest of your life. And that means um, if you need help with headshots or finding an agent or if you want to get some demo reel assistance doing some auditions or even just calling up one of the instructors on the phone and kind of talking through where you're plotting your career path to be, that's all completely complimentary. Once once you've come through our program, we're here for you. Yeah, for, you're not just done and gone. Exactly. Yeah. And so why do we need an agent? Well, agents are... are particularly useful when, especially if you're going to sort of try to launch into some of the larger shows uh, down in Vancouver, for example, you know, some of the big union shows, uh, the, the regular television, the CW stuff, or big movies. Yeah. An agent um, does a number of things. One of the things is that, that they do is advocate for you. So they're the ones who are in touch with casting directors all over the world um, who are looking for a particular type of actor to be fill a particular type of role, your agent will then sort of look at the submissions from the casting directors and then match up you with with the potential project. Mm -hmm. But they're also there to negotiate on your behalf. So, you know, when it comes time, you know, if, if it's a if it's a larger part that, that is going to require a, a significant amount of time, they're the ones who negotiate what your fee will be uh, for, for okay. your engagement. Yeah, right? I mean, important. there are union standards, yeah. but the, again, that sort of the more work you get, the more in demand you become, yeah. the more you need to actually pick and choose projects, and yeah. your agent is really the one then who is able to negotiate the best salary for those sorts of yeah. things. And, and that's important. The other thing I think that you offer is um, headshots. And uh, uh, and that support that you know when you're stepping out into this big world that's very competitive, I'm sure you need support. Oh, it is, and and we have an entire class, which is our career planning class, uh, oh. every Monday uh, throughout the course of the six month program, the professional actor, uh -huh. and that's where we we basically show the students how to go about doing that, like what your headshot should look like, yeah. who you might want to go to as a photographer. We actually do, in fact, offer some opportunities for that um, here in town as well uh, at Good. a minimal cost for our students. Um, we t take them through the steps of how to build your resume, like how to, because an acting resume is very different from a, a different kind yes, of professional resume. So, yeah. so we, we go through the whole structure of that and then, you know, putting a demo reel together of some, some recordings of what they're doing so that casting directors can actually take a look and see if they might be suitable to audition for a particular role. And so when you're working with um, the students, do you see, um, kind of help them see the potential you see in them? Like I, I was thinking about the actor's 
of the 30s and before. They had to sing, they had to dance, they had to perform many different roles. And and then it moved to just that method acting with Marlon Brando and they, and they played. But I would think that you would see in certain people, like I think that you would be really good at. We, you know, we, we do see that, yeah, we do. Um, and the thing is that's really important is that many of the students have a variety of skills mm -hmm. that they're already bringing in, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a wonderful thing. You know, we, we, have, we do a little bit of musical stuff right now. It's very, nice. very gentle. Yeah. There's not big numbers. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really important to have a certain amount of musicality. I agree. Um, just being able to get through a tune, yeah. you know, is a you don't have to be a great singer no, even. No. But being able to sell a song. Yeah. Just getting, again, get up there. Are you afraid to sing? Well, let's <laughs> let's see. Some people take to it. Again, yeah. people have, oh, yeah, this person, you know, I could see them doing musicals. Yeah. I could see them going in that direction. Yeah. But what the great thing about that is they have that. Then they're sharing that skill with those around them. So people, there's a couple of uh, musicians in the class, and they're <laughs> the ones that they'll play the songs. I, I came in and taught a couple of songs, very basic tunes. Yeah. But they picked it up. And I'm not. I, I stopped bringing an instrument. Like now, it's yours. Right. And on. they've taken it, and now they lead that part. Yeah. Right. So yeah, and that that is a great skill. Yeah. You just don't know when something's gonna come up, even in a major film. You know, we need someone who can play the ukulele. Yeah. Well, we got two guys in our class who both play ukulele. <laughs> you know, now what are the odds of that happening? And they both play well. Oh, so nice. you know, they have that. Yeah. They're, they're bringing that with them, and they're adding now. Uh, acting skills on top of these musical skills. So again, you may you may get you may never get a role where you're going to play the ukulele. Yeah. No one. You may become a famous actor, and no one will ever know <laughs> that you're a great musician. Yeah. But <laughs> music is timing, right? Music is melody. Speaking is melody. I try to when I'm directing something, lines are musical. Yes. They are, and the way you say something cadence. is yeah. is cadence yeah. and tone, yeah. tonal qualities. And this is again back to voice acting. This is a big thing, bringing musicality into your voice. Yes. So oh. there are those that have monotone. Yeah, yeah. And the oh. people that have music in them. I think they have a little step ahead at times, figuring out dialogue and fi because they already have this this this, this yeah. almost mathematical at times yeah. way of seeing things, which can be really valuable. It can so be. So we yeah. do we do see certain certain skills shine, you know, and it, it's, it, that's always really fun. Mm -hmm. Well, it, they can also go into news, you know, because sure. some of the newscasters that I watched <laughs> on MSN, uh, yeah. uh, well, yes. uh, yeah. they're just, they're, their voices are so dull. looks like we have to uh, wrap up. Ah. Um, let's give out the information of how to contact you again. Sure. Um, the best way is to go directly to our website, which is www.storyinstitute.ca. There is a specific page, storyinstitute.ca slash PG, if you're looking for the Prince George campus, but it'll give you all of the basic information that you need. Otherwise, uh, during our class times, uh, we're, we're always happy to welcome visitors here at 1299 3rd Avenue in Prince George. Right, we're right in the basement, then. one of the old bank vaults. <laughs> and you can call 778-222-8677. Yes, that'll take information. you to Chantel, our admissions officer. Yeah, right. So thank you very much for this. It's been really fun.